It is Monday the 9th of September. I'm your host Ryan Kier and this is the Quantium Cast. We have a very special upload coming out later today. It's highly awaited in fact and I'm sure many of you would love to hear it. It's about making money from nothing. I know that sounds a bit like a clickbait title but you'd be surprised at the small things that people young and old can do to just generate a bit of funds, maybe a side hustle or something just to create a little bit of income required for say a holiday or reinvestment or just making ends meet in some cases. We'll be talking about those later and that should come out within a couple of hours after this podcast. There is so much to talk about and share and a couple of elements I'll be sharing from my journey and lessons I've learned which is a really important thing to discuss. Many of us try and hide away behind our issues and our problems but actually I'll be talking about one example um, I could use right now and tease at it. By trying to buy and sell gold and silver bullion what happens when you don't put tracking? I talk about something that led to a debt collection agency coming to my door. But anyways we must focus on today's task at hand. It is time to get into the focus stocks for today and once again the date is Monday the 9th of September. That is for those who alongside me lack a super malt besides them but it is 7am that is what we need to be following so the RNS feed is just about to drop. Here comes the list. Quadrise Fuels, Telecommunications, Associated British Foods, Petro Matard Limited, and Zenith Energy PLC. Okay, so to begin with Quadrise Fuels PLC, this company is basically in oil services, but I bet none of us knew that before we had a quick little Google search. But what they have mentioned today is that they've had an open offer and a subscription by existing shareholders. So the last time we covered this company, we were talking about a potential placing taking part, which was predictable because the company had a significant cash burn with a very low net cash balance, in fact, at the moment, or cash and cash equivalents, even if we were trying to be lenient. So I can see that this operates about a discount of 15 odd percent and they've raised around 730,000 pounds from shareholders. Nothing too great, but uh, I believe they've also mentioned that they've had quite a bit of warrants on there. So that's not great. You can just see individual investors try and pump and dump. In fact, the exact figure of the proceeds they're trying to raise, or at least additional proceeds, around 716,000 pounds. But I, I think it's odd how this is taking part at 3.96 pence per share because investors in the past have only been diluted on this stock. I'd be surprised if this was taken positively by existing shareholders. And I've seen a mention of a total for the open offer at something like 1.6 million and that's gross proceeds. So take off around 5% and you'll be fine. Um, let's just say 1.7 million pounds just to be safer. And there is a little bit of a convertible tranche. In fact, they mentioned 
that on the 23rd of August 2019, the company was pleased to announce that it had secured funding of at least £2 million, being the first tranche through an issue of convertible securities. In fact, that may have been the last time we covered them. They raised money as predicted, but they did a horrible deal through convertible loan notes. Similar to, in fact, Malvern International. Those guys didn't do the greatest of things, and we've actually covered their share price action before. But we'll just give a little bit of a picture now to help any of you guys not familiar with Quarterized Fuels or QFI. So if we look at 52-week lows, the shares were trading at around 2 pence per share. If we look at 52-week highs, there's a bit of a difference there. We can see the price topped at around 8 pence per share. And currently, they're trading at 4.9 pence on a mid. But if we look at the trades, the spread's at around 4.7 to 4.9. Because we can see sales at around 4.7 and buys around 4.9. But the reported spread is 4.4 to 4.9. If I look at the market cap, they stand at 46 million. So they peaked at around 80, 85 million pounds. And their lowest market cap is around 20 million pounds. This company is obviously loss making. They are involved in a really niche sector, but it is a niche sector within the oil services area. I can only see this to be a negative result for shareholders. And we must remember that after this company had a uh, convertible fundraising. The shares spiked at around 5.2. In fact, they went higher a couple of days after that to around 6. But as the shares were being dumped off by these, to put it bluntly, flippers of the stocks, those who will take place in the placings through secondary market access and then just dump their shares wherever possible. Well, those guys are definitely restricting the share prices movement for the upside. And in fact, this placing on top of that has only set up the current shareholders who've taken part in this fundraising for further dilution in the future. And it doesn't look that pretty to say the least, especially given the fact that the company isn't making money. Quadrise Fuels is actually losing money and they have a decent cash burn to the extent where they might need capital raise on top of this in say, I don't know, 12 months that's just a rough figure but we've seen it in the past this company raises quite a lot now we're going to have a look at telet communications this company is involved in the internet of things so things related to the cloud and connectivity it's a very complex area to understand that's probably all we need to understand right now they do also have a little automotive business and that has about 10 million of their revenue but we're going to mention that this set of results is not their yearly results it is actually the results for the six months ended the 30th of june 2019 so there is a little bit of a delay we must note a lot of the time you see these stocks actually pricing in results because the reporting gap or the at least the gap between the reporting period and the actual period where the news comes out can sometimes be around a couple of months. And we can use this as an example. I think it's around two months and nine days. So we're gonna have a look at their numbers that they've released. They have 
a 70.9 million dollar improvement in profit before tax to 58.1 million dollars so actually i think they've used a bit of weird wording there they should just say their profit before tax is up to 58.1 million dollars rather than up 70 million because they actually were up from a loss it does make sense it's just really odd for an investor to hear you think they've had a lot of growth which obviously they have to go from loss to profit but it is worrying because they've mentioned that this profit includes a 57.2 million gain from the sale of an automotive business that they have that was the area that they've tried to not include the revenue of but they have said that including it it gives around 10 million so the company hasn't specifically made money it's more so them just getting realized value on their balance sheet so there's a weird accounting practice going on here i can only assume that the company's actually made around 12 million dollars for the six months and is it possible that they make a loss for the year we don't know this business could be a seasonal based model. If you're really interested in looking at the in-depth um, ideas of what actually is going on with the company's statistics, their financials and whatever, go to their site, have a look and also try and do your own due diligence. But um, what we're gonna be looking at right now is an improvement in their net cash position by around 78.7 .7 million. So they went from net debt of $34 million to a positive cash balance of 44.7 million dollars this company if we look at their shares uh, had hit 52 week lows of around 112 pence per share on the 21st of february 2019 they hit highs for the past 52 weeks at 192 pence per share on the 3rd of may 2019 and to summarize this stock has been mega volatile if we look at the past three months, they've ranged from around 159 to something like 173, but they've been up and down like a yo-yo ever since. Their current price at something like 169 or 170 pence per share gives them a market cap of around 224 million pounds. And that obviously has the company at a negative price to earnings ratio because for 2018 as a whole they lost money and we don't have a full year's set of results if the company was actually making money from their operations as opposed to their sale of assets then we could use the example as given in the financial highlights and we could assume that the company has a PE of something like if we change 90 million dollars to pounds let me just give them a little bit of a division calculation it's probably three but it's unrealistic i think that the company would have actually made a loss if they didn't sell their assets to mention some brief details of their sale of their automotive business they had sold the asset for 105 million dollars so if we look at the company's cash balance and actually where their reported profit lies the company has basically made a loss for the year if we encounter a lot of their costs in and it is the internet of things the company telet communications is involved in a very niche area that looks to gain value over time but at the moment i feel that this rns could be quite misleading to shareholders i mean if we look at performance over the past five years 
Five-year highs at around 400 pence per share. Five-year lows at around 100 pence per share. And the price of the company had actually fallen from £4 highs to around £1 lows on the back of heavy shorting by quite a few hedge funds actually. Now to talk about Associated British Foods. This company is quite well known for being the owner of Primark. The following update has been announced prior to entering the close period for its full year results for the 52 weeks to the 14th of September 2019, which are scheduled to be announced on the 5th of November 2019. But what we can see is that the full year outlook for Associated British Foods PLC is unchanged, with adjusted earnings per share expected to be in line with last year. They have strong profit performances this year from Primark and Grocery and they are expected to be offset by the anticipated decline in AB Sugar. This is because sugar prices have been declining, especially EU sugar prices and this side of their business has been experiencing a lot of difficulty. They've mentioned that they've had a decline in revenues there and also a decline in profits so they haven't met the targets on that end, but Primark has had a decent bit of growth. In fact, on a constant currency basis, they've had revenue growth of 4%, which is all right. It's not horrible. It's not uh, great either. With the current situation in the UK regarding their economy and also the state of the high street, 4% growth is decent in a period like this, especially after the correction in the markets towards the end of 2018. The whole uh, October, November period, or more specifically November, December, where markets had just been battered and a lot of people didn't have enough money to say go outside and go on a shopping spree, especially in Primark. One area we should note with regards to ABF's Primark asset is that the margin the first half operating margin, not the net margin, but the operating margin, so how profitable their business is, was well ahead of the same period last year. In the same period last year, they had 9.8% on an OPM, and now they're at 11.7%. So I can only assume that the company will be doing better, but they have said that as expected, the margin in the second half will be lower reflecting the effect of a stronger US dollar on purchases because the cost of their goods has gone up because this company is a mainly UK based company. The only uh, thing that they do is maybe outsource their production. You have a lot of uh, say sweatshops making clothes in say Bangladesh or a lot of countries in Asia that require this kind of business and also can bring the costs down for businesses like Primark. But if we look at the company's shares, we can see 52 week highs of around 2,650 pence per share. So 2,000, let's just put it in pounds, 26 pound 59 a share and 52 week lows of 20 pounds and 11 pence. And you wouldn't be surprised to hear that that 52-week low figure mentioned was made in November 2018. So this company already gives us an assumption that uh, ABF's shares are correlated with the indexes. So when the indexes suffer, they suffer. When they do well, these guys do well. 
But the benefit is, is if the indexes go down a couple of percent, these guys go down a little bit more. But when they soar, the shares of this kind of company goes up by many multiples, which is a decent risk reward setup if you're bullish on the markets. But at the moment, that's quite difficult to say with recession risks going as high as 85% over the next nine to 24 months. But that is a wide range, so we must question the calculations being made by a lot of analysts. The company has also mentioned that they've had a couple of practical preparations should the UK no longer be a member of the EU and they've got some contingency plans in place. So that eases a little bit of uncertainty, but people don't really care about the incessant noise about the B word at the moment. We'll have a quick look at the price earnings ratio standing at 18.46 around there. And that gives the company something like a net profit for the year expectation to be around 900 million pounds or say a billion just to be safer. That gives a market cap of 18.6 billion pounds. Quite a lot to say the least, but we must move on to the next share that is Petrometad Limited. This company has a Heron One Well. So that's just what they call their well in Eastern Mongolia. And we can go back a couple of years and remember that this company had a deal with Shell of which Shell decided to terminate and give the company something like $10 million or something, maybe $15 million. And that cash has been burning ever since. In fact, this well, I can only assume, is the asset that the company is trying to operate or at least a new asset maybe, a new block that they were exploring to try and get some value using those funds. I think back when that deal happened or at least was terminated, investors could only assume that Shell saw it unprofitable and they would have rather paid that much money to a small company like this than actually involve themselves and see a valuable asset. So that was worrying. In fact, I could only question the company's expertise at that point. But what we do see is a total debt of a depth, in fact, not debt, of 2,960 meters with one of their reservoirs. And they did get another primary target at around 2,800 meters. So there's a decent bit of results there. They've had a 77 meter gross interval of potential oil reservoir. And they have something like 14 meters of net pay. Decent stuff, but we can't really assume any of this is mega positive until production materializes. It's all good getting a well that has a decent amount of hydrocarbon potential inside it. But what you need to realize is you've got to actually extract that oil. We could give a, a throwback, in fact, to Frontera or Frontier Resources. That was one of them, not the health company, because one was FRR or one of those companies was involved in the health services. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the company that had a quote unquote world class asset in some Eastern European nation. Well, they were never able to get those assets out of the ground. And I think it was like a natural gas asset. They eventually went bust after diluting beyond imagination. I mean, you'd see shareholder equity remaining at something like 99.9%, well, 0.001% 0 
of uh, what they initially invested. So it was basically a waste to try and bother and sell your shares. Can you imagine that? Imagine buying into, say, I don't know, Apple shares and then selling out at a loss of 99.999%, realizing that you've only got a couple of cents left on the dollar. It's ridiculous. In fact, not even on the dollar, on $10. <laughs> I know that is unrealistic, but we must always try and use a metaphor to help us understand a little bit more. If we look at Petrometal's market cap, they're at around 50 million pounds. So they haven't been doing too badly ever since. I remember their shares were around two pence when that uh, notification had arrived. Their 52 week lows stand at around two pence per share. Achieved on the 13th of December 2018, their 52 week highs stand at 9.125 pence per share. Achieved on the 19th of July 2019. So that was about a month and a half odd ago. So they've been doing all right on that front and I can only assume it's related to this asset because they've been encountering a decent bit of net pay. For their market cap I think it's fair enough but uh, until they're actually making money or getting stuff out the ground we shouldn't look in investing into this kind of company because you usually see a lot of illiquidity. In fact from June to early July there was a lot of illiquidity and the shares really just wouldn't give you a decent spread. If you're trying to buy or sell, you'd probably have a 10% odd difference in between. But they had a decent trading range over the past three months with lows around five pence per share and highs of, as I mentioned, those 52 week highs of around nine pence per share. So there is a good bit of money that could have been made in fact, from five to nine is around 80%. That's decent money for a trade in a small cap Euler. The only problem is for a market valuation of something like 50 million pounds, we could compare these guys to Enquist who are like four times on top of these guys. But Enquist have production of around 60,000 barrels per day. I don't think Petromatad really have anything. So that's really risky. It brings me back to the days of 8-8 Energy, where they're extremely overvalued on an asset that had billion barrel potential, but they didn't get anything out of the ground. So it was only speculation and hope being the causal factors as to why the shares were <laughs> such a decent market cap. And finally, the last company that we'll be covering today, Zenith Energy PLC or Limited. This company has just released a little teaser at their Jafali oil fields results. So they've shown something like a total depth of 4,350 meters being drilled and they've had a net pay zone of approximately 16 meters. Decent results there, but it did have quite a depth being drilled, something like 4,350 as I said, versus say we could use Petromatad's 2600. So I can only assume that the company was trying to find oil after probably not hitting a zone previously before. If we look at the company's share price over the past couple of years, they've made highs at around 15 pence, but ever since they have been declining. If we look at the current price per share, it's around 2.65 with a bid of 2.5 pence and an ask of 2.8 pence, giving them a market cap 
of 10 million pounds based off that mid of 2.65. In terms of 52 week highs, they've had a 4.15 high made on the 2nd of May 2019 and a 52 week low made on the 5th of September 2019 being 2.3 pence per share. There's not a lot of value uh, in this share at the moment. There's not a lot of trading going on either. So to benefit off things like momentum wouldn't be the greatest of ideas, but we can see that these results are decent with regards to the company's market cap. So there could be a positive reaction, but we've got to look and see if they've had, say, placing shares being dumped off, because on these kind of updates, you get, say, those bucket stop, they call them, small places that sometimes could be identified as brokers trying to dump off a couple of shares. And one worrying thing actually now is that the company Zenith Energy PLC hasn't actually raised money in a while. They've only mentioned that they had a debt financing facility and they have a very high interest rate to pay on something like one and a half million dollars. In fact, the balance of their convertible loan is $700,000 at the moment alone, but their CLN facility goes all the way to $1.5 million at an interest rate of 8%. That 8% is really high and can only show that uh, the company doesn't really have a great credit situation, but they did have a guarantor, the CEO of the company. He put a value of something like $1.45 million up. So I assume he's very confident with Zenith's future. The only worrying thing is their cash balance is likely depreciating, but we'll only be able to know if we dive deeper into the accounts. We don't have time for that now, but what we do have time for is a quick teaser at our cool new series coming out later. It regards the area of making money from doing nothing. The next episode coming out will be called How to Make Money from Nothing, Simple Ideas That Work For Me. And this episode will be packed with nothing but content and value, all free for our listeners. And do be sure to head on over to quantumresearch.co.uk. That's our site where you can sign up and access some other content. We do a few chart packs as well from time to time, a basic technical look at some companies that we usually mention in our podcasts. That's it for this morning, but stay tuned later and you'll likely see that episode come out. Feel free to share on any platforms as we are available on iTunes, Spotify and the dark horse of them all, YouTube. I've been your host Ryan Kia. Until next time.